Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. episode of the fade route with d and z i am d we've got a great show for you tonight tom brady takes 10 days off lamar still doesn't have a contract and bob squirrel joins us on the in route but we begin today's show with the new york jets rookie zach wilson went down on a non-contact injury in the first quarter of the jets second possession during their first preseason game the Jets are optimistic that the injury is a meniscus tear and a bone bruise, which means Wilson will be able to play in two to four weeks. Z, what should the Jets do? Well, let's take a quick look at their depth chart, shall we, before we go on to what they will do. Um, Joe Flacco is allegedly their backup, right? He's listed as second string on the depth chart, was not in uniform he was in street clothes doing his best uh quarterback coach impression so he's just looking like he wants to get out of the league but i'm just gonna be real here joe flacco did not look like he wanted to play at all and you know if that is going to be the i mean if that's going to be the answer then i mean that's not great because who is the week one opponent the Baltimore Ravens. And what's the one thing, what's one thing that the Ravens do? They rush the quarterback. And what's one thing that Joe Flacco is not? Mobile. So it's like having Frankenstein's monster under center. <laughs> so that is not the best of options. Now, Flacco, I mean, 98 and 78 is a career, 227 touchdowns, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Like, he has cred in the league, but he's our age. He's, he's going to be, he's 37 years old. You know, he's at the tail end of his career. Now, the good thing is that it's a two to four week stopgap type situation. So if everything goes right, because it's two to four weeks and maybe Zach Wilson will be ready by then. That, that's the thing with needs. He still has to be in football shape. Then you have to worry about chemistry issues since he's missing the time with his number ones. You, It's a difficult mix for a second-year player to jump back into. So, yeah, you're going to go to Flacco because it's the most makes the most sense, but Mike White, Jets legend for a game, Mike White, but that got exposed pretty damn quickly. Uh, I mean, he'll be a fine stopgap, backup, whatever you want to do. And then Chris Strebler is your fourth string, and he led the he led the charge right against the B teamers and the C teamers in the the Jets victory on uh, this past weekend. So I mean, what they're gonna do is rely on that depth. I know where you want them to go, and I don't think they're gonna do it. I don't think necessarily 
that Joe Douglas is going to stomach, what it's going to take to get one Mr. Garoppolo in here, especially with a short-term injury, but I'm not so sure it's a short-term injury. But uh, they're going to roll with who's in-house, and we'll definitely see what happens. Well, I'm pretty sure when Zach Wilson got hurt, Joe Flacco went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I got to play? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, and I think Flacco's kind of mailed it in. He won his MVP. He won his Super Bowl. He's got, like, six children. He just needs a paycheck, and uh, it was pretty apparent. It's the first preseason game. Zach Wilson's dressed, Mike White's dressed, but Joe Flacco's not dressed. I just, you know, and he's still got a big arm. He can still throw, but he's not exactly what this team needs. I mean, listen. If this was an insurance gig, you just set it on fire, right? And just start over, <laughs> right? I mean, listen, if I were the Jets, I'd be calling the 49ers now, right? Because you're not going to have that much leverage once other teams are getting involved. So I'm just trying to gauge what's it going to take, you know? Because if you believe in Zach Wilson, right, it would behoove you not to start him in the gauntlet that they've got to run their first couple of games. I mean, they start off with the NFC North, and it doesn't get easier after that. Like, they got a tough eight to nine games to start the season. So you're going to you're gonna trot Wilson out there on a bad knee against, I don't know, like some of the best pass rushers in the league? I just think if you're trying to protect this kid, if he really is the future – then let's give him till October. Let's give him till November. I mean, Jimmy G's notorious for getting hurt anyway. I mean, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to win? Are we going to be like the Giants? And we're going to be like, you know what? If he doesn't work out, we get a top five pick next year. Next year's quarterback class is the shit. Like, is that what you start to think? But also, I'm if I'm looking at this, I understand it was one series, and I understand it's the first preseason game, but dude did not look sharp. It's not like he went out there and he was three for three for 45 yards. He was one for three with a pick, and when he was running, he looked like me running right now. Like, when I was his age, no one's catching me in the open field, all right? I mean, his shake was so slow, and he he tripped up himself. So... That's where I am. I mean, I've been down on him, but imagine how awful it's going to feel if this kid is hurt for a month and you see Trey Lance lighten it up and they're 4-0 because they have the ability to go 4-0. I'm pretty sure their first two tests are against bum teams. I think they're playing like Seattle and I want to say like the Texans or something like that. So I don't know. That's where I sit. Wilson, Lance, Mac Jones. Those guys are going to be tied together because yeah. they're not Trevor right Lawrence. So. Right. Right. They're like the other guys. It's like the Brady Six, right? It's always they're always going to be lumped together. So if Jones and Lance, two guys that the well, I link Jones to the Jets. I know you were uh, you were big on Jones to the Jets. And if either one of those guys gets off to like a meteoric start, I'm sure Joe Douglas is going to doubt himself a little bit, but like I think they're going to trust the process on this one. But to your point, like it was a poor decision 
on Zach Wilson's part, and Anthony Beck pretty much nailed that in his analysis. When he cut back in, he cut wider than his shoulder. Yeah. So he actually essentially did a split while trying to cut. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Just go well, down or well, get right out, of out of bounds. Right out of bounds. What are you trying to? What are you? What are you trying to accomplish on that play? Like, right. what do you, you, you know this is a preseason game, and, and like I was saying before, they open up against the Ravens, Browns, Jets, Steelers. You gonna bring him back for the Steeler game? No. <laughs> you gonna bring him back for the Browns game? No. So My, I guess Miles Garrett. We, yeah, let's bring yeah, him back. What are we Miles talking Garrett. about? We're gonna talk about the Dolphins. All right. But then you got Packers, Broncos. I mean, I just, I'm just saying, I'm trying to play. Hey, this guy, you believe in him? He's your future. Let's protect him. Are the Jets winning the Super Bowl this year? No. No. So what are we going to bring him back fast for? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to prove? Get him rested. Let him come back in October. Let him come back in the middle of October. See where the season's going. If you're 4 and 2 or 4 and 1 with Jimmy G, let him relax. Sit back, man. Have a coke and a smile. If you're struggling, if Jimmy G gets hurt after the second or third game, then bring the kid in. But to just say, oh, we're going to get him back as soon as he can, nah, not with a knee. And I'm pretty sure this is the same knee he hurt last year. So this is the second time this kid's going down with this knee ailment. And we've already talked about he's fragile. Like, he, he came from BYU, man. And that's what I keep telling people. Like, he came from BYU. It's the first time he's seen a grown man in his life. <laughs> so anyway. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Listen, we put we don't put much stock into preseason games, but all the quarterbacks on the field for the Steelers Seahawks game over the weekend, they didn't look like Zach Wilson. Kenny Pickett really impressed in his debut with a 13 for 15, 95 yards and two tutties. Were you impressed? If not, which quarterback impressed you? And I know it wasn't Zach Wilson. Well, you said have a Coke and a smile. I, I'm on record saying my feelings about preseason football. We're talking about Diet Coke. It doesn't mean anything. But tell that's a viewership. Viewership. People watch more preseason football than they did the NHL Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals. Figure that shit out. The NFL is the number one sport. Fans are on that they are absolutely 100% locked into whatever it is, right? The combine gets huge numbers. The draft gets huge huge numbers. Roger Goodell could take a shit and it would get huge numbers. <laughs> I'm not giving you ideas, Raj. Please, don't. But coming to NFL.com, live bathroom cam from Bronxville. No. Um, Geno Smith is Geno Smith is Geno Smith. I'm throwing. I'm discarding that right now. Ten to fifteen for one. Really, you're just gonna yes. discard him like that? I actually thought he played very well. I understand. Yes, he is Geno Smith, but still, looked he looked competent. You don't think the Jets wish they had that? After nine years in the league, Geno Smith, the best you can say about him, is competent. 
He looked competent. I can't say that about a lot of other guys. After 10 goddamn years in the league, he better look competent or he's, he's going to be struggling to find a job. Like Mason Rudolph, same thing. He is who he is. Like I'm impressed by two guys, right? Kenny Pickett, I'm the rookie out of Pittsburgh, not sure what he's going to be. He's facing top flight competition. You know, this is, this is different than what he's used to. 13 to 15 for 95. They're not moving the ball down the field. They're not being all that, uh, you know, they're not being all that great. It's a 6.3 average per, but, you know, like, it's conservative. They're going to rely heavily on their run game anyway because you have Najee Harris. Like, this is what's going to be. He didn't play, but Najee Harris is going to be the bell cow on that team. But I'm very impressed with Kenny Pickett. Even Mitch Trubisky, like, 4-7. Okay, fine. You know, nobody... And The Rock means nobody threw a pick in this game. And you had Geno Smith, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Drew Locke. And nobody threw a pick. Like, that's awesome. Like, Kenny Pickett is intriguing. Drew Locke is is intriguing because of the chip that he has on his shoulder and the attitude that he carries. This guy, like, Aaron Hicks was talking about we need to have some fuck you in him. Like, Drew Locke has some fuck you in him. Like, Drew Locke wants to prove that he is the guy that John Elway said he was going to be when the Broncos drafted him. Like, now he's got even more fuel on the fire to make that happen. The only thing that is going to be an issue for him is that, I mean, he's he's going to throw it to no offense. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, that just got him from the Eagles. D.K. Metcalf and Travis Homer. Like, that's going to be it. Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. We will see. We will definitely see. But that's, it's not great. It's not great shakes. And Kenneth Walker is going to be the running back. Mostly, it would have been Chris Carson, but he retired. But, like, I'm looking to pick it for a rookie. Nice. Only two incompletions. And for Drew Locke, for something to prove, 102 yards, seven yard average, two touchdowns, no picks. I like what I see out of those two guys in particular. But that's what I'm trying to say is like the, the Steelers put their quarterback in position where he felt comf- comfortable and where he looks good, right? He wasn't one for three with a, with a pick, right? And I believe the uh, the offensive coordinator this year, uh, I think it's Matt Canada still, right? In Pittsburgh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so not Canada. So, you know, he put him. He, yeah, like you said, it was a pedestrian, like whatever, six yards per attempt or whatever. But he looked comfortable in the pocket. He didn't look panicked. He threw some nice passes. He threw two touchdowns. Like, if I'm the Steelers, I'm like, all right, we, he's competent, right? That's what we want. Gino, I told you, I really like Gino. I thought he looked good. He threw some, he threw some darts. I get that it's nine years in the league, but hey, some look at Joe Flacco. He he don't look that good, and he and and Gino could move if he had a move, he moved. Um, but the guy that I was really impressed with, and it's my dude, it's Mr. Drew Locke. Eleven for fifteen, 102 yards and a tutty. I'm still a Drew Locke fan. In fact, when I was on vacation recently in South Carolina, somebody was wearing a Drew Locke jersey. Holler back. It was awesome. Never seen one of those in person before. But I always liked him. How about this? Watson. Watson looked like dog shit. One for five for seven yards. 
getting now, booed out of the building. Now, Kenny Pickett came out looking like that, right? We'd mm. be talking about that. So, so I think they came in with a plan. They executed it. Kid looked good. I think the Steelers have a good quarterback competition because I think Mitch is ultimately going to take the job. But Kenny Pickett showed he could play. And on the flip side, Seattle's got a toss-up. You would think that they would go with you would think that they would go with Drew Locke because he was a part of the trade. Mm-hmm. Like he was part of the Wilson trade. Like you wouldn't just take him and not play him, right? And as far as Carolina was concerned, you know, Baker and Sam got in their thing. I mean it's whatever, but you know, you would think that Baker would win that job, right? Because they traded for him, right? You're not going to trade for a guy and say, thanks, hold the clipboard. Especially Carolina opens up against the Browns. You kind of got to play Baker in that game, right? A little bit of added intrigue, that's for sure. So, you know, at the end of the day, like we are, there are some storylines that you're definitely looking, that you're looking for. There aren't that many competitions, right? Like a lot of teams have their guy. A lot of their guys have already been paid. Like even some guys who don't necessarily deserve it yet, like a Kyler Murray. Like I think that was a bit of a reach. But, you know, a lot of the quarterback battles aren't are for the lower position, right? They're going to be for the backup. They're not necessarily for the starters. Like, the outlier is going to be the position battle for the starter. So, like, the Sam and the Baker. Or, you know, out in Seattle with Locke and with Geno Smith. Like, it, it's really, you know, it. this is what makes a lot of preseason football Diet Coke for me. It's just that those down-the-roster battles that you know, you're not really paying too much attention to. But you're also looking at, what about this that just came out as well, that the Giants admitted, maybe a little slyly, maybe not explicitly, that they're not as confident in Daniel Jones as they led on to be because Terod Taylor is getting first-team reps in addition to Daniel Jones. So, you know, what are the odds that Terod Taylor actually seeds this job from Daniel Jones and at least, you know, plays a few games before he inevitably gets hurt. You know, uh, I think what, I think what has to happen is you have to start with Daniel Jones. He has to start, right? Mm -hmm. And if he gets hurt or he gives or he can't compete and Tyrod takes the job, I don't think you go back to Daniel Jones, right? It's like, once he's out, he's out. But you've got to give him every chance to succeed. And unfortunately, from what I've seen, it looks like Daniel Jones is going to be like a career backup. It's just what it looks like to me right now. He's looking too much like Dave Brown out there. He's not looking like a Josh Allen or, I don't know, like a Joe Burrow. Like He's not looking like a guy that should have been taken top 10. And the craziest part is in that draft, the Giants really reached for him. I mean, there was nobody talking about Daniel Jones. There's nobody like trading up to get Daniel Jones. You, you would think that he would have been there in the third or the fourth rounds. Uh, so he, he's, look, he's looking more like a career backup to me. Well, you know, it's always the, uh, the Broncos were scaring people into the fact that they may draft up. And that's where... 
the Giants ended up, you know, kind of reaching for Daniel Jones. I'm with you. I, I don't see Eli Manning there. Like, I don't see, you know, I, I don't see a great quarterback. Like, yeah, Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick and, you know, the allegedly the best quarterback available. Time will tell. The late Dwayne Haskins was also in that draft. So, like, it wasn't a great draft for quarterbacks to begin with. Exactly. So, there was no reason to reach for a guy. Well, I mean, a reach. You know, Drew Locke went 42 to the Broncos. Like, perfect example. So, like... And he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he could have, but so was Noah Fant, who went 20 in that draft. And he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, where the, where the Giants have been better off taking a guy like Josh Allen from Jack, Jacksonville's Josh Allen or TJ Hawkinson, or Ed Oliver, or Devin Bush, or Rashawn Gary. Those are guys that went in the next, the next five or six picks after Daniel Jones, and they've kind of established themselves as big money or decent at the low-end <laughs> NFL players. I'm looking at you, Josh Allen from Jacksonville. Everybody else seems to have cemented themselves pretty well. But, you know, he's on... Daniel Jones is on the fifth year of his rookie contract. It's most likely not going to, he's not going to get extended. He's going to hit the market. And I, I think, I think journeyman backup quarterback is definitely an accurate assessment of where he's going to be. Jared Stidham, Jared Stidham in that draft too, who's also yeah. gone on to, the, to Vegas. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Well, one guy who might be going someplace, you know, I mean, his contract is up. He's gonna, he wants to, a new contract with Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. He has not logged any time in the preseason games. He's not going to play the first two games. He didn't play against the Titans. He's not going to play this weekend. He's still waiting for a new contract. He's representing himself, which is always a risky proposition. In uh, the court of law, they say, if you represent yourself, you got a fool for a client. But will Lamar Jackson get a deal done before the start of the season? I mean, they have to, right? I mean, I can't imagine him playing, especially with his style of play. However, I mean, I, I'm a, listen, I'm a Ravens fan. And you know what? I, I think you this might sound weird to you, but I'm actually okay if he doesn't play. I I really do like his backup, Tyler Huntley. I think he's more than capable. I think he has a very good um, rapport 
with um, their tight end on the team. Andrews, yep. Andrews. Like, Andrews really excelled when Huntley was in as opposed to when Lamar was in. They've kind of created this offense for Lamar, um, and Tyler Huntley can run it. Now, he was on the wrong end of a, you know, a couple of interceptions, but he's got the skills, he's got the tools, he's very athletic, much more athletic than Daniel Jones. So, you know, if, if he, I, I, I don't know what the hang-up is. Is it years? Is it dollars? So that's the, that's the thing is I don't know. And I can't imagine the Ravens trying to be cheap with this guy when they pretty much catered their offense to him. Last time I checked, who won an MVP? Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Who did not win an MVP? <laughs> Kyler Murray didn't win an MVP. And yet, I'm looking at Kyler Murray making a ridiculous boatload of dough. Now, I, Deshaun Watson, I'm looking at him too. That yeah. money's guaranteed. Yeah. And he may not play because yeah. he rightfully should be suspended. Yeah. Right. So if I'm looking at Lamar, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm looking at these two guys. It's like I've delivered the goods. These two guys have not. Pay me. True. Pay me. True. I mean, yeah, if you're Lamar Jackson, but if I'm the GM of the team, I'm trying to figure out, like, I don't know how sustainable his play is. And I don't know how successful Murray's going to be. I think they're ass backward down in Arizona. I think they're crazy for giving that guy that much money. And then I think the Brown, I think the Browns are even crazier given a guy who hasn't played football in a year and that's going to be suspended that much money. You know, I'm looking more along the lines of an, an Aaron Rodgers, right? Because that's, mm-hmm. I think, the, the he's the number one paid quarterback. So Aaron has, he's got more MVPs than Lamar. He's got a Super Bowl win and he's been to another Super Bowl. So Lamar hasn't touched Aaron in those retrospects, and he hasn't been as successful passing the ball as Aaron has. At the end of the day, you're a quarterback. You're that's who you are. You're the quarterback of the football team. So, you know, that's but, what I'm measuring you against. And I think what Goff, I think, is fourth or fifth. He's another guy that's actually been to a Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm. I know you're not supposed to, but I'm discounting Murray and I'm discounting Watson. I think those contracts are absurd. That's not how I'm grading. That's not how I'm grading Lamar. I'm grading Lamar on his quarterback play compared to the quarterbacks in the league. Well, if I'm the GM of the Ravens, I'm also like reflecting on my own inability to get this guy a receiver. Right? You brought in Sammy Watkins, who's a two. Sammy Watkins is a two. Right? You drafted Hollywood Brown. You shipped his ass out of town. Hollywood Brown's already gone. You're looking at Bateman, Duvernay, Prochet. Andrews is your guy. Dobbins has been activated off the pup list. So you do you are gonna have some semblance of a running game with him and Gus Edwards and Mike Davis and Justice Hill. You actually have a four you have a four-headed monster that you can run out of the Baltimore backfield. But like I am looking at if I'm the Ravens GM, I go to Lamar Jackson. I think I have failed you because I cannot get you a target. 
you, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers at any given time has had Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, you know, down the list. You know, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, De- Robert Tunyon at, at uh, tight end. Like, Aaron Rodgers Robert has Robert Tunyon's had- a bum. Robert Tunyon's <laughs> a bum. But they do have, they do have either the best or the second best tight end in the league in Andrews. Now, looking at the top, look at, let's look at the top 10 paid quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Right, we got Rodgers, okay. Watson, yep. Mahomes, mm-hmm. Allen, Derek Carr. That's the top five. And then after that, you got Stafford, Prescott, Wilson, Cousins, Goff. So I'm looking at the between 45 and $40 million a year. That's what I'm looking at for Lamar. He's not getting Aaron Rodgers 50. He's not getting Watson 46. And I'm sorry, you're not getting Pat Mahomes 45. You're not getting that. I'll give you, and to me, you're in Allen territory. Very similar. Very similar players as far as their ability to run, their ability to throw, and how important they are to a team. The Derek Carr number is stupid, <laughs> but I, I have to beat that number. You're better than Derek Carr. Fucking the homeless guy on the street is better than Derek Carr. So that's where I'm going. But what did, what did Brandon Bean do with for Josh Allen? He went and got Stephon Diggs. Like, what you know, that is, you need to, you're... You can't expect your quarterback to make chicken salad out of chicken shit all the time. Well, you, just, you, you know what? They that. went right. They went and got digs, but they also bulked up their defense. Now to defend what Bashadi did is they went and they have the best run. They have one of the best backfield in the league, which AK Agreed. Dobbins. Okay, so and they did draft a guy. He just got hurt and. He's, he's supposed to be back, and he's supposed to take the reins this year in Bateman. And then Hollywood Brown, I don't know what happened in that situation, but he got shipped out of town. <laughs> I don't know why, but whatever. Can you take the championship from DNZ This year, you can play our football pick'em on CBS Sports and compete against us in the option every week. Check the link in our Instagram bio, Fade Brown Podcast, for all the details and to sign up. Then tune into the fade route every week until the Super Bowl for updates and standing. Bring it on. But speaking about people going out of the town, Tom Brady will be away from the Bucks camp until August 19th. The quarterback took off starting on August 9th, and the team said his departure was planned and personal. The team expects him to be ready week one. Is Brady mid-camp break a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Well, it was planned in advance. According to head coach Todd Bowles, he was informed that Brady was going to be stepping away. Um, Obviously, you don't want to speculate considering the fact that his, if you've watched Man in the Arena, you know about his mother's health problems. You don't want to start speculating about why he may be gone. But... It's no deal that Tom Brady is gone. Like he knows the offense. It's his third year in the offense with Byron Leftwich. Todd Bowles is a defensive coach. He's going to leave Byron Leftwich alone, and he's going to let Tom Brady do what Tom Brady does. Now, if anything, this is a good thing for Todd Bowles because if 
if there's a situation where Brady's knee gets rolled on and he blows out his leg again, or he's like, fuck it. I just want, I'm, I'm going to go spend time with my family. I'm done. You know, you're going to get a look at Trask. You're going to get a look at Griffin. You kind of know what you have in Gabbert, right? I mean, he's in the Geno Smith territory. He is who he is at this point. So, like, I'm going to take that time and I'm going to, like, invest it in these other players because Brady is in his mid-40s. Like, it's about time that, that he winds down. Now, whether or not he does is another story, but I'm not making a big deal about this because at the end of the day, you know, anybody is entitled to step away for personal reasons and we shouldn't be like delving into that. We should take them at their word. And then if something else, if something comes from that, then of course it's, it's fair to speculate, but you know, I think that it's fine. And Antonio Brown, I know was taking shots at Brady saying there was a clear double standard, but you know, I'm not in agreement with Antonio Brown on that, but um, I'm saying no deal. Yes, I mean, to me, I think it is a big deal. Um, I feel like he's a guy who enjoys being out there with his teammates. He enjoys playing the game. And let's face it, he doesn't have that much time left. Um, uh, You know, there's sources, like you said, you know, about his mom's health. They're speculating. But there are also other sources saying that he really wasn't digging the humid weather in Miami. I mean, in, in Florida during training camp. And he was also getting very frustrated with the offense, very frustrated with the receivers uh, on several occasions. I don't think this is a good look for Brady, and I don't think this is a good look for the Bucks. I remember when Rodgers did this. I think it was last year. I got on him for it, and it showed. They came out flat. I think they got drummed by, like, the, the Saints, or they got drummed by, I want to say, Jacksonville, or some team that, you know, that just took them to school. Week and one, he, they got their ass beat by the Saints. Yeah, so, you know, you're setting yourself up for that. And I, 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 I granted, he'll come back, and I'm sure everything will be fine, but, you know, you're supposed to be the man in the arena. And, you know, these are the dog days of camp where you're forming bonds with your teammates and you're, you're, you're getting ready, you know, to go to battle for essentially, what, like six months? Four months? So I don't give him a pass here. I wonder what's at play. And listen, that's my guy. So I hope he comes back and I hope he, he tears it up. Now, what are your what are your thoughts on the tweet from Antonio Brown? Uh, you know, basically, you know, stating that there was a double standard based on like his behavior causing the reaction that it did, and then Brady kind of ho hum. Brady's just going to take off some time. Listen, if we're going to take if we're going to take them to their word, right? We're going to say he told the Bucks he was going to do this. This was a planned you know, trip away. It wasn't like he came in on Monday and was like, listen, I'll be back August 19th. Um, and he didn't throw a fit or he didn't throw shade or he didn't erupt on anybody. I, I'd like to believe that this was planned. The only thing I wonder is, you know, is it really planned? And is he taking time off to figure out if he really wants to come back? Like, is, is that a possibility? Like, how crazy would it be if he comes back and says, you know what? I thought about it. And I don't want to be here anymore and I'm done. How possible is that? I mean, it's possible. It definitely is possible. But here's the difference between other teams and what Tampa Bay has done. 
right? They drafted Kyle Trask. He's still on the roster. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers goes and retires tomorrow. You're stuck with Jordan Love. Whereas you have Gabbert, you have Griffin, you have Trask, but then you also still have Mike Evans. You still have Cameron Brait. You still have weapons. You still have Levin Fournette in the backfield. That team is not... Will it will it be diminished because Brady is gone? Yes, but you are still capable of winning if he's gone. If he's gone and somebody else has to fill in, because the rest of that team is built to be a contender. Now, maybe Brady is also a little bit. Maybe he's also a little bit gun shy of standing behind the third string center. Yeah, yeah, Jensen's hurt. His backup got hurt. You're now onto some guy who they signed off the street. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's also another thing. Like let Gabbert get his knees cut out from under him, and I'll wait for Jensen to come back. You know, but um, I think if Brady leaves, I think the Bucks are still in a good position. I think they'll still be fine. Now, you know, we'll see what happens there. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service quality products and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or Swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. But speaking of being in a bad position, <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres. That guy. Tested positive over the weekend for a banned substance and is suspended 80 games. It will carry over into next season. Tatis claims he did not knowingly take a banned substance. He was taking a medicine in which an ingredient contained a steroid in order to fight ringworm. Now, I looked into what you can use to fight ringworm. Lotrimin. But Lotrimin, you can find that at any CVS. Now, what are your thoughts on Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Padres moving forward? And do they already regret signing him to that 14-year contract? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I thought about when I heard the ringworm thing was you. That's odd, but it's the first thing I thought about. Uh, I thought about that you were right. They should have included him in the, the Soto deal, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'm also starting to think that the Padres knew about this which was why they were all in on Soto and they were willing to sacrifice and give up so much, right? Yeah. Kind of makes sense, right? 
And for me, this is this is the MO of this team, man. This is the motto of this team. It's I'm for myself, nobody else. What does it take to you to call a, or the trainer on the San Diego Padres and be like, hey, man, I got ringworm. Can you recommend something I should use? Is there something I shouldn't be using? Can you know help me out? Like, what does it take to make that phone call? I ask my doctor about stupid shit all the time just because I'm not sure what it's going to do to me. What does it take? You have all these things at your disposal. Call your agent. Ask your wife to look look it up. Like, well, how does this happen? You know, and for me, it's like, how do you not consult anybody? Uh, when you have this much on the line, you, you just, you have to... You have to take whatever precautions you have to take. Anything you put into your body you're responsible for, you got to ask. You got to talk to people. You can't just assume. Right. So the banned substance is cholesterol, which, according to ESPN, is a derivative of testosterone, an anabolic steroid, and has been banned by WADA. So there you go. Like, that is where Fernando Tatis is. Also, in the time it took, in the time you were speaking, I typed in into Google, treatments for ringworm, and I came up with an over-the-counter antifungal cream, such as Lotrimin or Mycelex. In the time it took you, in like the minute and a half, I typed that in and I found that answer. Yeah, so I just, there's I just no think it's, it's bullshit. I think it's a bullshit reason. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why he's been hurt all year, so I don't really understand well, why he's taking banned substances in his free time. Uh, you know, they're in a pennant race. They're trying to get the second wild card. None of that means anything now. I mean, here they were coming. You were going to come back with your bat and on this team that's like a juggernaut. And you, you, uh, you, uh, James Harden them. Or you, Kevin, you, uh, no, you, Kyrie Irving them. <laughs> like, you totally just are not showing up for the rest of the year and most of next year. It's unbelievable. And you know what? To make matters worse, the rush to defend, right? We had David Ortiz is on record saying that Major League Baseball should have swept this under the rug because Tatis is a great player. Uh, his own father, Fernando Tatis Sr., who, by the way, got popped in the Mitchell Report. I'm just saying, it runs in the family. Now, he also rushed to defend his son, as he should, you know, like fathers should defend their sons. I'm not disputing that, but you know, for something, what he called insignificant. This is not insignificant. To me, this calls into question everything that he did in his career. When you couple this with the poor judgment of the motorcycle accidents, and now the poor judgment of this banned substance, how much of this is real? How much of what he did was real? And how much of it was a sham? Like it really, it is very fair to call into question what Fernando Tatis Jr. is as a player. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out who he is. Because once he's done with his 80-game suspension, we are certainly going to find out if he is El Nino, if he's the guy that Major League Baseball, you know, strapped a rocket to and wanted so desperately to be the face of the, of the, the league. Or if he's just going to end up being an also-ran who, you know, was another victim of using performance-enhancing drugs. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. 
The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. But one guy who we're pretty sure is clean is Aaron Jones. You know, he he's legit. But the Yankees are struggling right now despite his success. Judge is crushing the ball, currently has 46 homers. He's on pace for 64. Will Aaron Judge finish the season with over 60 home runs? And if he does... Is he the regular season home run champ? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. I mean, I think he, I think he does finish. With, I think he finishes with sixty-four home runs. Uh, and I will consider him the, the home run champ. And it's nice because I still consider Maris the home run champ. Those other guys cheated. Your Sosa's, your Bonds, your McGuire's. Those guys, all those guys cheated. Unless Judge tests positive or something. I will consider him the regular season home run champ if he breaks it. And to me, Roger Maris right now is still the guy. You know, and that's I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, Aaron Judge, he is the poster boy for the league right now. You know, wholesome, clean-cut dude, hits monster dingers. He's what you want to be, right? He's on the field every day, unlike a guy like Mike Trout. He's doing it the right way. He's, he carries himself with class. He carries himself with dignity. And he's a stud. Like I, We can agree with that. Now, he's on pace, right? 46 home runs. The Yankees are kind of falling apart right now. Like Rizzo is lead, leading off. LeMahieu is hurt. Stanton is out again. They just had to call up Florial. They, you know, Hicks is in a slump. But the Yankee offense is not what they had hoped it would continue to be. So who's to say he doesn't start getting pitched around a little bit more? But if you're yeah, looking yeah. at it, you know, the if only... you're looking at it, he'll definitely he'll definitely get into the sixties. Yeah, I mean the only thing I would say is one of the reasons why I has I was hesitant in the beginning to think that he would break it was because I thought he would get more days off. But they've been losing so much, they have to play him. And Stanton's out, which is really hurting the situation. And, you know, Yankee fans are freaking out in New York regarding how this team is just pretty much awful. I think they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. You know, they jumped out to an early lead over everybody, but it was with smoke and mirrors. I mean, I'm telling you, that, that lineup of Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, like that was just garbage, and all of it's just—I just think it's all catching up to them now. I'm not sure if anybody could overtake them, 
Um, but it's certainly going to be you. Once you get into the playoffs, you're going to face competent teams with competent pitching. I mean, now you can't even, they're not even able to score. They've been shut out the last couple of games. Like, that's just ridiculous that that's even happening. Um, and everyone's calling for Cashman's job. It's like, how could you call for Cashman's job? They have the, they have the best record in Major League Baseball. Like, I understand they're in a slump and they're losing, but. I mean, he, he did put this team together. I mean, to his credit, to me, he really only has that 2009 World Series. Those other World Series were put together by, um, by what was the guy's name, Gene? So Whatever. Bob Watson was before him, and then Gene Michael was Gene the... Mike, yeah, Gene Michael and Bob Watson put those teams together with the homegrown guys. And, you know, he's really been a person that's held on to talent for too long you look at clint frazier you look at the kid adams who's not even in the league he's not even playing baseball anymore and now what he's doing with Andujar, let the dude go and get something for him i mean when you think about it i'm pretty sure uh, our viewers will have to check the record on this but i'm pretty sure the astros were willing to trade cole hamill if they would have given if this yankees would have given up clint frazier and the yankees wouldn't do it (laughs) And you fast forward to the Astros win the World Series, and then what? Uh, the next two years later, Cole Hamels is on. I mean, um, Garrett Cole is on the Yankees, and Clint Frazier is not even Major League Baseball. He's not even like on a Major League roster. So, I will say with that with Cashman, but you know, if you get rid of him, you know what you got. You don't know what you're gonna get, and there's really nothing to be crying about right now. Well, the Yankees are are high on Damon Oppenheimer. He's like the like second in command to Brian Cashman. So it won't really be like if they if they get rid of Cashman, it'll most likely be like Damon Oppenheimer or John Daniels, who just got canned by the Rangers. So we'll see what what happens there. But I understand Yankee fans' frustration, right? Because if you're looking at it, Brian Cashman has been in this position since 1998. Right? And he had that run of success tweaking Bob Bob Watson's teams. And Bob Watson tweaked Stick Michael's team. So it's kind of a, con- a conglomerate in terms of those of those championships. Like it's very like it's a very one-note team, right? Spend, home runs, and hopefully you can outduel the other team. The 2017 Yankees were the only outliers there because you had those young kids, those young, hungry kids with the Sanchez's and the judges. And they were still, they were still early on in their careers. And that team was constructed differently. And then they went star hunting again. So Brian Cashman knows one way to build a team. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't to back to what we were talking about. Aaron judge He's most likely going to win the major league home run title because you're looking at Judge with 46 homers and there's really nobody close, right? Jordan Alvarez has 31. Now, he would have to go, I mean, Jordan Alvarez is more than capable of going on a tear, but is it likely? Not with Judge still in the lineup, still being able to pace himself. Byron Buxton? Buxton gets hurt. He's only played 89 games this year. If Byron Buxton was healthier, would he be higher on the list? I don't know. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is fourth. He's tied with Otani. 
with 27 homers. Like that's it's such a gap in the American League. Now, if you're looking at the National League, you're looking at Kyle Schwarber has 34, right? So he, Aaron Judge, is a good length away from these guys. So it is within the realm of possibility that he can go, he can win this thing running away. He absolutely can. And, you know, I'm, I understand where you're coming from as far as Maris being the home run king and Henry Aaron being the home run king based on, you know, based off of that. But, you know, we've had this conversation before. Put the asterisk. Like, you need to have an understanding of history. And these guys are history. They're a tainted part of history. But they still they still need to have their story told, even if it's, you know, in infamy. But Aaron Judge is crushing it. And I think that 64 is definitely within the realm of possibility. Because he can go on a tear as well. If Stanton gets back healthy, if the if the Yankees get whole and hitting again, and Judge is protected in that order, I don't see why 64, 65, you know, I don't see that as being too much of a stretch. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com, or slide in those DMs on Fade Route Podcast on IG, or hit that Twitter, FaderouteDNZ. on the in route this evening is Met superfan and historian soccer insider and proprietor of Casa Squirrel Bob Squirrel everybody Bob. Hey. good evening <laughs> oh glad to have you on alright we're going to start with your New York Mets they took 4 of 5 from the Braves last week at City Field do the Mets have anything to prove this week as they're wrapping up a 4 game series in Atlanta well you know it would have been great to sweep this series, but when you're catching me here, we've actually lost the first two of this series. Uh, but uh, we're up four nothing right now. Uh, second inning, third second inning, inning. L- a little to... bit of rain. Uh, but you know, for the Braves, I think they came into this series saying 
you know what, we have to beat DeGrom, we have to beat Scherzer, because at some point, they're going to have to beat either both of those guys or one of those guys if they're going to move forward in the playoffs. You're, you're absolutely in that regard, man. And that's what they're facing tonight and tomorrow. And uh, quite frankly, as a Met fan, I was thinking we wouldn't get swept. I thought we it would have been great. The split is really what the Mets have been doing, just winning series. And that's what's get, getting us through this season in such a, a great manner at this juncture. So, well, right, yeah. now we're, right now we're definitely like in the throes of the dog days. And, you know, the Mets are dealing with the, a couple injuries in the rotation now. So, you know, David Peterson definitely is going to have a, a bigger role moving forward now that uh, Walker and Carrasco are going to be out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and Miguel, who they had thought when he comes back, which was another week or so, is going to go into the pen. Now it looks like he's going to have to tow the rubber for five or six innings. So it's not so bad. He did well in the beginning. He won our opening day game. So, I mean, the guy has been proven in his self as well. Just It's amazing all the injuries are getting oblique-wise this year. Not just in the Mets, but in the majors. You see it happening all over the place. It is a sensitive area. The, uh, the Mets last won the World Series in 1986, but they were in the World Series in 2000 and then again in 2015. Do the 2022 New York Mets share anything in common with their successful predecessors? It's a great question. I think they do. They share the roles. They all support each other. There's a platoon system that Buck has been using all season, which is very similar to what Davey did back in 86. I mean, heck, he had uh, Ray and uh, Hojo playing third base, Ray Knight and Hojo. So, you know, they flip-flopped all over the place in that team. The outfield was Dykstra, you know, rotating with Mookie. So it's very similar this year in how they're handling it. Look at Connor now is doing it with, uh, McG- what's it, McQuinn, our new guy. So we do have a lot of names. It, it, that's mm. one thing. For sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, obviously, DeGrom, Scherzer, and Diaz are the most important arms in the Mets pitching staff. But what other pitchers need to bring their A game come towards the end of the season and come playoff time? Well, you know, we actually hit on two that are now going into the rotation, Peterson and Miguel. But, you know, it's a little disappointing, and I think he can can come through as Walker has a lot to show me. I mean, here we've had two games against the Braves, and he hasn't gotten past the second inning in both games. Surprising. Uh, he's, He's got to step it up. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Joey Lucchese will come back and give us a couple spot starts. I see he's uh, <laughs> down in St. Lucie now. The master of the churve, Joey <laughs> Lucchese. Oh, my goodness. But the Walker's kind of like he's proving out to be a first-half pitcher because he also, last year in the second half after the All-Star game, he just mm-hmm. like he just went downhill fast. So, like, I don't know. If, if you think it might be an innings wall, or do you think it just might be that Taiwan Walker just isn't as good as his first halves indicate? Well, they were actually showing, uh, come back from the All-Star game, Z, that they were starting to tip pitches again. Mm. So that might be part of it. But I think you're going to see Cookie Carrasco come back after a month. Maybe it'll be a little sooner from his oblique. And he's gonna, he was really on fire. I mean, he was 13-4, and 14-4. and four. So I think he could, you know, you know, it is a month and a half away. You, you know, the waning days of September, they'll be back. So, yeah. and totally. And if, yeah. And if we get in the playoffs, that's the kind of pitchers you want, right? Yeah, you want the guys who have been there who have done that. Carrasco's been in the World Series, Scherzer, DeGrom, you know, like they've all pitched in the World Series. And even with all this success this season, you know, 
D and I still feel that the Dodgers are the class of the National League. I mean, they're they've got the pelt on the wall. They've been there. They've done that with Max Scherzer. So, are the Dodgers, in your opinion, the biggest threat to the Mets, or is there another team on the horizon that the Mets need to uh, keep an eye on? Well, at the beginning of this week, I definitely felt that they were, but they did lose Bueller this week too. Mm-hmm. So, and yet we had to go and lose uh, Carrasco for a while. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I thought the Padres were going to be there for a while. I also, I actually, my outlier is the Brewers. I wouldn't be surprised if Brewers are going to knock somebody off in the playoffs. Yeah. They got to get there first, though, right? <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's a, it's a tough out with the Cardinals. The, I mean, only one team's going to come out of that that uh, scrum. You know, only one team's going to come out of the Central. So, and I wouldn't put it past the Cardinals either. You know, they're they're a wily bunch of guys, and they're super talented with with Goldschmidt and Arenado. Goldsmith so. is uh he's going to play for MVP. I mean, he's really been having a strong season. I, I do believe that his name should be considered uh, as one of the most valuable players in the league. He's always been an elite player, and he was always hidden there in the Diamondbacks, and whoever heard of him, right? Because the Diamondbacks weren't doing anything when he was doing well. So now he's on the Cardinals, and he's showing his stuff. I, I concur with that. I mean, I, the Cardinals are a good bet as well. But I'm just saying it's a yeah. weird season. I mean, in the American League, you can see the Mariners, uh, you know, sneak in there too. So, I mean, it's definitely now that we have that additional playoff spot, all bets are off, you know. And you're definitely going. You're you're seeing teams kind of hang around that you wouldn't necessarily, you know, think so. Like the Orioles still are are in it. They're only about a, a game and a half out in the American League. So, you know, like, what are your thoughts? But since we have you, Bob, like, what, what are your thoughts on this expanded playoff format? Well, I think it's good for what you just said, that, you know, teams that maybe don't have uh, desired aspirations going to the end of August into September maybe have a shot now. But I do think it has warded it down a bit. So I was looking, here's where I, I thought that more so recently. Our last game, if it goes to the seventh game in the World Series, you're talking about the week before Thanksgiving. I mean, what? <laughs> Doesn't it give me enough time to prepare for my next sporting event, uh, the World Cup? <laughs> no, that's true because World Cup is, is mid-November. Like you're, yeah. you're right in, in Qatar. That's absolutely right. I don't know what's going on with baseball. Like, they, you know, we're, let's just, you know, we're gonna have a President's Day Super Bowl. We're gonna have Thanksgiving World Series. Like, you know that. You know, we're just gonna have it all year long. But, I, I, um, I, I do think baseball is coming back into more of a, a vogue since some of these younger players collectively are now getting the youth, if you will, involved and following it. And social media is helping immensely. But I don't think they could. They can't make it a ten-month sport. They can't. They just can't do that. Yeah, and they really just can't. They can't really compete with football. I mean, we were actually talking about in the production meeting. The first preseason game had more viewers than the NBA Finals and more viewers than the Stanley Cup Finals. How's that possible? <laughs> Crazy. And think about with the way the NBA. There's a good example. You can't get them out of your mindset through the year, whether it's a draft or whether it's whatever. You know, the Nets are doing or not doing. It's just it's ridiculous. There's got to be a time to have a downtime for these True. students. True. But, you know, Major League Baseball, what they like to sell in their offseason is more like the hot stove and the rumor mill and all like free agency is very big. And, you know, speaking of that, Edwin Diaz, as we know, is having a remarkable season this year. He's earning some consideration for NL Cy Young, but He's also an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And four-fifths of your rotation, the Mets rotation, 
is a free agent, a free agent plus Lugo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, pretty much. I think Peterson and Peterson and Peterson. I think is the only Met that uh, is not going to be uh, a free agent next year. So well, Max will be back, right? Max will be back, but he'll also be forty. So, like, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see. Like, well, you... it's it, it's interesting you you bring that up because you know for, it's an odd thing as a Met fan, Z, that you now uh, we have an owner who knows what he's going to do with his money. And I think that might be part of the reason you got some other owners worried about it because he'll just drag up the price of some people he never ends up getting. So all of a sudden, the Diaz, I like to think the Mets will re-sign him. Uh, but it's hard with the relief pitcher, too, because sometimes they're on one year and then they're off two years. Right. But is, and th- is this the second year or the first year that Diaz is going to have that op- being on? We don't know. But... So in your opinion, who should the Mets prioritize? Who should Steve Cohen and Billy Epler target? Should it be to keep your rotation or keep your stud in the bullpen? I, I think they're going to, because we have somebody like a Steve Cohen, I think you're going to get both. You're going to have, they're going to target Diaz, but it's going to be like quick, quick decision. You're going to be with us or you're not. And if he's not, then they start investigating other places. And we're going to see it through the playoffs. Who might be other key up and comers? I do think in the Mets staff, we, you, you, we were forgetting our friend, um, oh my God, what, what am I forgetting him? Our non-vaccinated pitcher, who's our innings eater. <laughs> oh, oh name, Trevor Williams? No, Bassett. Oh, Chris Bassett, yes, Bassett. yes. And, and you know, he's eating up the innings, but there's somebody I don't, we could find another pitcher just like him. So I think that, you know, you look at, he's somebody who takes on good money too, because he wasn't he a Cy Young Award winner two years ago, or? second to finish the Cy Young when he was with the A's. So, yeah, I mean, Bassett definitely, def, Bassett is an underrated pitcher. He definitely is. And he's definitely going to, uh, he's going to get his fair share of suitors. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, I do think that the Grom thing, you're getting it back to your, your, your question here. I do think they should go after Jake too. I don't know what's up his backside. I think he just wants to have the same money as Max. Uh, and I'm only hoping that's it. If he wants to go someplace else, let's hope he goes to the American leagues. I don't want to see him against uh, on the Braves. <laughs> well, I mean, my my thought is this, and as a Met fan, like you, you know, like I'm sure that uh, you can agree or at least empathize. Like he can have Max money when he stays, like he can pitch like Max. Like DeGrom, DeGrom, ever since he found that 102, he can't stay on the field. Yeah, no, he can't stay in the field. And what's interesting, he's proven it right now. I think he's through, he saw the line in the sand. He goes, okay. If that's what I got to do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it against the wall and let's see what happens. My arm falls off. My arm falls off. He's act. He has that kind of attitude. I look at it, unfortunately, where I say, go ahead, go 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 somewhere else and get other money, because we supported you through all those injuries, Jake. You know, we didn't have to. We could have easily cut bait as well. There wasn't guarantee in that other contract. You know, when you did sign, maybe it wasn't max money, but we didn't know max money existed till max signed. So. And that's true. Like, I mean, who, who, that was a new, uh, that was a new level for Met fans. But, you know, just a quick aside, it's amazing to me that you got D mentioned the 2015 World Series. If Jake leaves, every single young gun from that rotation and that pitching staff is gone except for Seth Lugo. Right. right. And Seth Lugo's a free agent too. So he might leave. Like, it's amazing how that team completely turned over. But, We'll get you out of here on this one, Bob. We know that you're a huge Chelsea fan. And 
Rumor has it. Rumor has it. <laughs> it so I've been told. Yeah. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet since we're going to talk about your rivals. What the hell is going on with Man U and how do they fix it? Well, in a quick aside, I know I shot I shot you a comment that as far as I'm concerned, as a Chelsea fan, they could be relegated and who cares? <laughs> but, you know, looking at it soccer-wise, I do think that they just haven't given time to a, a decent manager. And I, I do think Ten Hag could do it. And, and after this transfer window is finally taken care of, whether, whether Ronaldo's still there or not, whoever comes in, give him to give him the season. Let him finish 12 or 13, because not only does it satisfy what they have to do to get things straightened out, the fan base also gets straightened out, that they can't always just depend upon a fourth place finish or upper four finish. They think it's a God's gift to the world, that they should always get it. Uh, listen to any Man U fan. Chelsea fans just don't say that. We know I rooted for Chelsea before Ro- Roman came on board, and I saw the benefits. Now, granted, I was very young <laughs> before that, <laughs> but still, I I, I know their history. It wasn't that great. I think the Manchester United folks forget that they had some tough times too before, you know, Alex came on board. Oh, Sir Alex Ferguson. Sir Alex Ferguson really he saved Man U. But uh, what about the Pulis- uh, the Pulisic uh, rumor? That they're gonna that uh, Man U's interested. Yeah, that came up. Uh, well, I guess last night and today. It, you know, he needs playing time before the World Cup. It could be great, uh, but at the same time, he's got to think about his career. Uh, but in being that he needs to get back to the Champions League, and he's gonna have a shot with them. So maybe that's enough to intrigue him. Uh, I heard that they don't want to lend him out or loan him out. I mean, we, we're definitely, we're going to see where this plays out. But uh, yeah, one me. thing that has played out for sure is that Bob Squirrel, you are the newest member of the in route. And thank you so much for having, for coming on with us. And Mets fan historian, soccer insider, proprietor of Casa Squirrel, Bob Squirrel, thank you so much. And if you guys want to be a member of the in crowd, hit us up faderoutmail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on IG at faderoutpodcast or to our Twitter account at faderoutdnz. Bob Squirrel, thank you for coming on. And folks, you always F with the squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guys, I really appreciate it. Hopefully I gave you some good insight and let's FGM. LFGM. Yes, sir. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians@gmail.com. at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, guys and girls, you know what time it is. It is time for the alleged superstar of the week. You know how it goes. We have a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ. 
and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote. The winner of that poll gets the coveted ass trophy and he gets a shout out or she gets a shout out on this here show. And do you know who took home the ass trophy last week, Dick? No. Spencer Strider. That guy. It was luck. It was pure luck that that Spencer Strider took home the ass. But that is last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for the alleged superstar of the week, D? All right. First up, I've got your very own Zach Wilson. Second possession of your first preseason game. You bang your knee up on the first oh, series. You were one for three with a pick. You're just a hot mess, Zach Wilson. You're my alleged superstar of the week. And number two, the New York Yankees. Once on pace for a record-breaking season and wins. You're now 8-14 and 14 since the All-Star break. That is the worst since 1990. Uh, the All-2-8 uh, in your last 10. The New York Yankees, you are my alleged superstars of the week. And last and certainly least, the Baltimore Ravens front office. Three weeks before the start of the season, Lamar Jackson still hasn't unsigned contract get this deal done before the season starts baltimore ravens you're my alleged superstar of the week z what do you have all good choices all very good choices i'm going to start with aaron Rodgers, a multiple time winner aaron Rodgers, who threw his young receivers under the bus after a preseason game calling them inconsistent and saying he was frustrated with the drops. Well, Mr. Rogers, this is what happens when you sign the big money contract. Your best player, one Devontae Adams, ends up in Vegas because your team can't afford to keep them. So, you end up with young, inexperienced receivers. Hope you learned your lesson. Aaron Rodgers, you are my alleged superstar of the week. David Ortiz who, in light of the Fernando Tatis suspension, stated that Major League Baseball is the party that screwed up here because they should have protected Tatis because he's a special player. What? Are, are you kidding me? That That is absolutely ludicrous. And that is one of the coldest, silliest takes I have ever heard. David Ortiz, you are my alleged superstar of the week. WFAN overnight host Sal Licata, speaking of asinine cold takes, saying that Taiwan Walker should have pitched through his back spasms and possibly risk injury because the Mets needed him for a game in the middle of August citing that David Cohn would have done it and John Smoltz would have done it. I've seen David Cohn lie to Buck Walter, and I've seen David Cohn lie to Joe Torre about being done or about being hurt, and it blew up in his face. Salakata, you know not of what you speak, so do not bring it up again. Salakata, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, man, you... Manchester United, you got beat down by Brentford 
you are 20th in the premier standings. You have ownership issues with the Glazer brothers. And now the Glazer brothers are finally opening. They're open to selling the team. Of course they are. And your solution is to go star hunting by bringing in U.S. men's national team and Chelsea star Christian Pulisic. Meanwhile, your alleged best player, Cristiano Ronaldo, wants out. That is a mess and a half. Manchester United, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we have made our case, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the poll and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Order up! We continue on with our NFL division by division preview by ordering up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the AFC North from four to one. Who you got, D? Well, this was actually a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm pretty sure you and I are going to differ in a lot of different areas. Um, I'm going to start with the Browns. Um, You know, it's hard to have question marks about your quarterback position and then win a division. So for that reason, I think we think they have talent, but I do think they're going to struggle, especially how Watson just, he just did not look like the part so i'm gonna go with the browns at four all right and then oddly enough i'm gonna go with the ravens at three uh it's hard to know what they're going to be because they had so many injuries last year and they just they weren't able to compete at a high level consistently consistency consistently they get jk dobbins back hollywood brown's gone bateman's in defense you know they're, they, they they still should be able to knock people around but the Lamar Jackson contract situation, yeah, I don't know what goes on there. So I'm going to stick with them at three. At two, I'm going with the Steelers. Um, they have talent on offense and defense. They're just not consistent defensively, as weird as that sounds. I think Mitch competes for comeback player of the year, and I think he leads the Steelers to success. At number one, I got the Zebras or the Bengals, depending on what uniform they're wearing. Uh, offensively, they're great. Um, I do not believe in their defense, but I think they're going to outscore people. For Burrow reigns supreme. Bengals win the North. Interesting. Very interesting. So, we're, you know, we, we definitely are not going to tie like we did last year. So, huh. I have to go 
with the Browns as well in the cellar because of the fact that their quarterback situation is not settled. Yes, they have a very good team, but the quarterback, it's a drastic drop-off from Deshaun Watson, who is suspended, and frankly, that's probably going he's probably gonna get more. Like, let's be real here. It's now in it's now in the appeal process. He's probably getting more than the six that they initially gave him. So that leaves you with Jacoby Brissett, Joshua Dobbs, and Josh Rosen. That's a hell of a drop-off in terms of talent-wise. Could they go get Jimmy Garoppolo? Sure. But they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Kareem Hunt wants a trade. Denied. So, (laughs) plain and simple, denied. Get back to work, Mr. Hunt. They have talent, but it's Cleveland. It's going to be a colossal waste of talent. Fourth place, I'm taking the Bengals. I'm I'm saying Super Bowl hangover. The offensive line issues are going to finally catch up with them. Yes, they improved with tight end Hayden Hurst. Is better than CJ Uzama, who's now with the Jets. They brought in Ted Karras. They brought in Alex Kappa. I still don't believe in this line. They tried to get Joe Burrow killed last year. And he's already down with an appendectomy. So we'll definitely see what it is. Like you, I do not believe in their defense. So that just does, it doesn't add up. They overachieved last year, third place this year. Second place, I'm going with the Ravens. I really think that a healthy Dobbins makes a difference. Like he's going to be that bell cow. You're going to have Edwards, Davis, and Hill, like I mentioned. Maybe they can get something out of Bateman. Duvernay is a kick returner, in my opinion, but we'll see. There's the, the wideout room is still a question mark. Later in the season, maybe they get an Odell Beckham. Maybe they find some guys that get cut from a training camp, like a Chris Conley or, you know, somebody, somebody like that. Maybe they can swing a trade. We'll see. But Jackson to Andrews is strong. The running game is strong. And they're going to rely on the defense as they are wont to do. And it's still a damn good defense. So that leaves number one. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Are they the same Pittsburgh Steelers from the past? No. But are they good enough to compete? Absolutely. You're looking at Trubisky is most likely going to get the start at the beginning of the year. Kenny Pickett is eventually going to take over for him, I think. I think that's going to be a not quite a Kurt Warner, Eli Manning, but definitely close to that. And then if you look at the running back room, Najee Harris, Booger McFarland Jr., Benny Snell Jr., pretty solid. Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, Fryermuth is decent on offense. The defense, we'll see. You know, they brought in Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward's still there. TJ Watt, the best of the Watt brothers, still there. It's solid. Allegedly. We may have to order up the best Watt brother. We may have to do that eventually, but that's a damn good defense. If you look at Levi Wallace, make it Fitzpatrick, that secondary is going to be underrated and it's going to be the MVP of that team. But I really like what I see out of Pittsburgh on paper, at least. And as long as Mike Tomlin is still there, 
I'm always going to ride with Mike Tomlin. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.